Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. Turn with me back to the uh, the book of Matthew chapter 9 where we have been for um, a couple weeks. And we're going to go back there again. I want to continue to talk about the new wine and the fact that the Lord wants to do a new thing. I believe that we, pre-COVID, found ourselves as a, as a church, as Harvest, it's experiencing a beautiful move of God. Am I right? Nobody, just me and you, but, or was that you? Or or maybe both of you, yeah, you know. Haven't we been an amazing move of God? And what just, just blows my mind is that as I sit with him in prayer, that's not even close to what he wants to do. Not even close to what he wants to do in the lives of his people, and and if we start to think about the fact that, the, that our world is in, has experienced things on a level that we've never seen before, and a continual, and I'm not just talking about the virus, which is, which is absolutely horrible. A lot of people that I know have left this world and gone into to the next and, uh, with the Lord with with that that was their avenue that's the way they got there it's a horrible thing i've seen a lot of people who are terribly terribly sick i was talking to a friend the other day who um still has to uh and this is a few months still is on oxygen uh has to to take oxygen because of that but we've seen evil I think in a way that we, that many of us, we've seen it scattered over the years and moments and times, and we've seen it happen for a week when something would happen, and all of a sudden there would be an upheaval, and there would be uh, evil happen, and riots, and all these kinds of things, but, but I think we have seen in this past year so many things collide to make 2020 a year unlike any of us ever experienced. That can be a moment of awakening. The enemy is not going to visit us with that kind of evil without God having a plan to work through his people to do far greater than anything the enemy could ever conceive. And if we look at what the enemy has done, many things that are beyond, that none of us ever really imagined happening in our lifetime to the extent that they have. Can we believe that God 
Can we believe, on the other hand, that there are things that God wants to do that are beyond our imagination at this moment? The enemy has shocked us. But what he has done, hopefully, is to awaken a sleeping beast. Paul told the Ephesians people, told them, wake up, you sleepers. And when we, as the church, the body of Christ, wake up, something powerful happens. The disciples of John came to Jesus and they start asking questions about the fasting and why are we and the Pharisees fasting, but you, your disciples don't fast. And Jesus went on and he talked about the bride and the bridegroom and fasting with that and he moves on and he speaks of nobody takes an old piece of cloth and ties it to a new piece of cloth. They'll tear themselves apart and then he moves on to what we've been talking about and that is the new wine. And Jesus in essence say, I'm going to do a new thing in the earth. What you have imagined and what you have seen and what you've experienced before this moment, John's disciples, I'm going to take it to a level and to a place that you have never known. And I think Jesus wants to say today, if you will believe and open your heart and your life to him, he will take you to places that are new. I'm going to give you a few things in a minute that, that will help keep us from getting there. Look at um, verse 32, wrong. Uh, verse 17, neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. The wine that they knew of was the Old Covenant. The wine they knew of was the law. And Jesus is saying, I'm bringing a new covenant in my blood. It's going to be new. And the reason they were struggling to, to see it is because they hadn't imagined how God would do what he was going to do. But he did not allow man's lack of imagination of what he could do to stop him from doing what he was going to do. And the disciples were there, and as best they could, they opened themselves up to believe. They heard him, they listened, and they opened themselves up to hear from him. Jesus says, in essence, I... In the new wineskin, my covenant in my blood is the new, or, or the new wine. That is the new way. And my disciples 
represent the new wineskins who are hearing from me, who I will pour myself into. And so in essence, we are wineskins. But Jesus differentiated between old wineskins and new wineskins, old wineskins who had come so far but could not go any further because they were unexpandable. New wine was still fermenting, so the new wine poured into an old bottle. The gases in that fermentation process would be released, and it would try to swell. And if they could not continue to expand, it would just break. And Jesus said, I need new wineskins for this new wine because new wineskins will expand. New wineskins surrender to the process of the new wine. New wineskins surrender it as, as, the, as the gases are released and, and the expansion is attempting new wineskins says, yes and surrenders, and it says yes, and it surrenders, and it says yes, and it surrenders. The old wineskin says, no, we've never done it that way before. We've never heard that before. We've never seen that before, and we will not expand, but new wineskins say, yes, bring it on, Jesus. Yes, bring it on, Jesus. Yes, we're here. Just keep pouring it in. Keep teaching us, and we will expand. New wineskins have to be expandable. There are some things that will keep us from expanding. You're going to notice some of these. There's some things that, that have been in our lives. Some of you struggle with it today. Others of you have got past some of these, but you may find yourself bumping against some others and some of you may have just so flung open wide the gates of your heart, your spirit, your life to say, Lord, I am here, whatever. I just want all of you. And I want you to have all of me. One of the very first things is a closed mind. A closed mind. Closed-mindedness will keep us from experiencing the fullness of what the Lord wants. Expansion, the, the, the very realization that there is a need for a new wine skin to expand tells me that the fullness of God continues in the life of his kids to get fuller and fuller. Does that make sense? Yes, we get all of him in our spirit when we are born again. But we haven't experienced all of him yet, and he wants to take all of that that is in us and begin to release it into our lives and through our lives. Listen to this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. And to know this love. What love? Who is love? God is love. Jesus is love. The Holy Spirit is love. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. You know what he's trying to tell us? There's still more that you don't know. There's still more of my love that you haven't experienced. And some of you have experienced his love in some ways. You're thinking, no, there can't be any more. And he says, yes, 
it, try to think as far as you can think of my love, and I will tell you that I'll shatter it, is what he's saying. It surpasses the, the ability for humans to know this. And then he says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What is he saying? I want you to be filled, but I need you to be expandable to experience my fullness. Are we ready to experience that? Are you open-minded enough to say, Lord, I don't know it all. I may have even been taught wrong in some areas or believed wrong in some areas. And so I'm going to open my mind and my heart. I'm going to get my mind out of the way. The natural mind will be one of your biggest hurdles to experiencing all that the Holy Spirit has for you to experience. Because our natural mind will tell you that doesn't make sense. Our natural mind will tell you that can't be real. I'll mention this again in a minute, but our natural mind, when Jesus goes, spits in the dirt, and then reaches down and gets it, makes a little bit of mud, and everybody around saying, what in the world is he doing? And then he rubs it on a guy's eyes. And our natural mind looks at that and says, what in the world is that? Jesus continually did things that caused man's natural mind to stretch beyond its acceptable boundaries. The boundaries of acceptance. See, many years ago, the Baptists had boundaries of acceptance. The Methodists had boundaries of acceptance. The Presbyterians had boundaries of acceptance. What were they? their denominational boundaries? And so what we did was we took our set of doctrines and we said, nothing but this gets in. Which is what John's disciples and the Pharisees did. Nothing but this gets in. And Jesus says, no, you don't get it. I'm going to do something new. Some things are going to blow your mind. And you're going to have to have an open mind to receive what I have. A critical mind. Listen to this. Number two, a critical mind will keep you from receiving all that God has for you and experiencing all that God wants you to experience, expressing adverse or disapproving, um, expressing adverse or disapproving comments or judgments. Have you ever expressed adverse or disapproving comments? Uh, judgments comments or judgments towards something that you didn't understand in the church that will set up a guard around your heart and around your mind that will keep you from experiencing what god wants you to experience what he has available for you to experience Anybody have a critical mind? Anybody find yourself criticizing things that you see? 
that you don't understand? Anybody ever been to a church where they did something that you became very critical of because you didn't understand it? What God's saying is, I don't fit within your critical thinking. I've got to bust it. I've got to break it. Because I will not fit within man's natural mind of critical thinking. A cynical mind. Anybody ever, ever been cynical? A cynical person believes people are motivated, uh, motivated by self-interest. They distrust human sincerity. Have you ever been cynical when you've seen something? Maybe you watch something, maybe you watch something, a service on TV, and you see something, you say, that can't be real. Those people, uh, they're just they're they're out for themselves. You ever heard those people talk about um, televangelist? And so what we do is take every preacher on TV and we cast them into the place of televangelist, which we have created as a negative connotation. And so we become cynical at their motives when many of those men and women just want to get the gospel out and when God tagged them and said, you're going on TV, some of them said, I don't want to because people hate TV preachers and God said, but there's some that won't and I need you to reach them and you will go. Cynicism. Standing around, being cynical, watching people in the room. Trying to decide whether that person with their hands lifted up is sincere or not. And sometimes judging their sincerity. I know, I heard they got drunk last night and look at them with their hands raised up. In the, let me tell you something, they may, be, they may be experiencing the love and grace of God in a way that you never will because of your cynicism, because their tears were flowing, because their heart was broken at first, because they broke the heart of the Lord and then they experienced His love and His forgiveness and said, this is good and I will worship Him. Cynical. Here's one I want to take just a minute to, to spend on, and it is, and, and all of those other things, let me say this, all those end up in unbelief. A closed mind, a critical mind, a cynical mind, all of those end up in unbelief. Let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever used the words, I never thought I would, but I did? I never thought I would experience, I never thought I would think that way, but I did. I never thought I would believe that but I did. See, God wants to take us all to a place where we look back and say, you know, I never thought I would go here, but I did. But you've got to be willing to go. And if you find, I have found that people who are very cynical and critical have a hard time getting there because they have probably talked a lot to other people about the things that they're cynical and critical about. Therefore, they stand back thinking, but if I do that, then if I do that, then what are other people going to think? But the only way to get through is to keep crashing through all of your places of cynicism and critical and just let other people think what they think. Crash through it. 
and experience it. And there may be other people watching you that say, wow, something must be really real for this person to be there right now because I know how hard they stood against it. Does that make sense? Dishonor. Dishonor. Not going to do it. I don't have near the time to deal with this topic the way I need to. So I'm going to move over. I'm going I'm to move over. I'm going to move over. I'm going to move over. Say move over, bud. <laughs> I'm going to move on over. I'm going to mention a couple more that I don't need as much time on, and then I'm going to talk about that one next week because I think the dishonoring probably is one of the major ones that keep people from experiencing the, mir the miracles of God. Um, so let me throw this one out. No seed. It takes the seed of the Word of God to explode into our life before we're willing to really walk in this newness. And if we're, in a, if we're not in a place to where we're ever hearing anything past, anything that stretches us, we're never hearing the word that, that puts a seed in us that takes us to another place, we'll never experience it. You have to expand some territory in listening to others. And there's some preachers that you need to listen to that you have said, I'll never listen to them. And God's saying, there's a seed that they have to give and plant, a seed of my word that you're not hearing anywhere else that I need to put inside of you. And if you just only surround yourself in, in ways that you don't stretch, that seed will never get there and you'll never get there. Does that make sense? Faulty thinking. Faulty thinking will keep us from experiencing. Have you ever said, have you ever said that, well, if he wants me to have it, I will. Has anybody ever been there? Somebody's talked to you about the, being filled with the Holy Spirit or somebody's talked to you about, um, about spiritual gifts or somebody's talked to you about the love of God or some other thing and, and you're just like, hey, you know what? I'm not seeking anything. I, that's, if he wants me to have it, he will give it to me. Wrong. We got to want it and we got to seek it. Listen to what he says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a, roar, a rewarder of those who, what's that word? Earnestly, what? Seek him. Not to those who sit back and say, well, if he wants me to have it, he will. He's saying he's going to be a, he's going to reward those who earnestly seek him. Earnestly seek him. Do we earnestly seek him during the day? Or do we just say, well, God's in control. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Or do we find ourselves earnestly seeking him? Earnestly seek him when we get up in the morning. 
throughout the day earnestly seeking him, not because our emotions tell us to do it, but because we're in love with him. And even when our emotions don't feel it, he is there and he wants us to earnestly seek him. Has he ever played hide and seek with you? Seems to be hiding. Lord, I want to talk to you. Oh, you're not there. Lord, where are you? I want to talk to you today, but I can't see you. I don't feel you. What's he doing? He's hiding over here. He's, going to, he's playing with you because he's trying to teach you that if you will earnestly seek him, you will find him. And when you find him, you're going to find a greater faith than you've ever known before. And he is going to reward that faith. Oh, oh Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. Now eagerly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. Now, what's that word? Eagerly what? Desire the greater gifts. Oh, but Lord, if you want me to have a spiritual gift, just, you know, you'll just give it to me. No. Eagerly desire. Look at verse, look at... 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. If that part is not right, nothing else that comes after that in this sentence works. Is anybody with me? If you're not, see, these other things, if you're following the way of love, then on that path, you're going to find other things. But you got to be on the, the love path. Got to be on the love path. Somebody say love path. Got to be on the love path. Follow the way of love and what's that word? Eagerly. Does anybody get what this is saying? He's not saying, well, get up. Hey, Lord, if I see you, I see you. And if, not, if I don't, I know, but I love you. And, and, you know, we'll catch you later. He said, if you want, if you want me eagerly, seek me eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Who's he talking to? Us. He's in eagerly desired. It's not like, oh, faulty thinking is, if he wants me to have it, I'll have it. No, you get, get up and seek it if you want it. Is the Holy Spirit putting something down in there? Is it going deeper than your head? Because see, that's where we mess up. We live out of our natural way of thinking and out of our head so much. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I, if I don't get past your head, you're, you're, you're going to be very limited on what I can do in your life. But if you will ever get past your head and live out of your spirit where the Holy Spirit is and all of his wisdom and all of his truth is at, then begin to experience something different. Paul said, Lord, I want, to, I want them to have a, Ephesians 1, 17, I want to have a spirit of wisdom, big S, capital S, Holy Spirit, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that they can have more blessings? No, that they may know Him more. 
Paul knew him more, but wanted to know him even more. And Paul wanted the people to know him. But he knew that without God's wisdom and without revelation, they would never know him. If we're going to know him more, we have to have revelation. And revelation is more than just what happens in the mind. Revelation is the light turning on in our heart, in our spirit. The light turns on and suddenly there it's a supernatural thing, not just a natural thing you've had all you can handle haven't you I've had all I can give I think the band can come back up One of the biggest things that some of you are going to have to struggle with I have to fight my mind. I have to fight against unbelief. I have to fight against cynicism. I have to fight against a, being critical. Because I think human nature says if I don't understand that that it can't be. See, anything outside of our boundary of knowledge makes us uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit has to get a hold of your discernment. I've had people say, you know, I just discern that's not of God. Really? Do you discern that, really, from the Holy Spirit? Or is that coming, that discernment coming from a limitation of knowledge of the supernatural? Are you tracking with me? I remember hearing somebody talk about a service. See, if you knew, if you knew how sometimes in the past how cynical I could be towards some things like this, you would say, how in the world did he ever get where he's at now? I remember somebody talking about uh, being in church and suddenly... The, all the people looked and they had gold dust laying on their Bibles. I'm thinking, gold dust. God doesn't do gold dust. Why would God do gold dust? Sometime later in my criticism, I started to do that again. And the Lord stopped me. And He said, Bud... If I can put a coin in a fish's mouth because I want to, can I put gold dust on somebody's Bible if I want to? If I want to speak 
the word and somebody be healed and I never even see them, I can do that. But if I want to touch their head, I can do that. But if I want to spit in their face and rub spit on their tongue, I'll do that. And some of you are grossed out, but Jesus did that. And not only did he do that, while he did that, he stuck his fingers in their ear. Can you imagine being in that service? I feel like somebody's here to be healed. Come forward. And so you come forward and you look at me and you watch me go, stick your tongue out. And then I do this. And some people would walk out of this room saying, those people at Harvest have gone absolutely insane. That is not of God. And Jesus is saying, I need a people who will believe me. And let me do what I want to do. See, here's the thing. And I'm all, I've always been here. Because it's almost like it's easier just not even to give the baby a bath than to have to deal with the baby getting out of the bath water. Anybody picking up what I'm putting down? You smelling what I'm cooking? Do you step in what? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, let's don't even go there because you know how people are. People get in the flesh and they just go off doing fleshly things. And so let's just not do anything at all. There was that season. I was there. But in this moment, in this moment, in this season, God has to raise up prophets. Desire spiritual gifts. Desire the greater gifts. But even more than that, desire to prophesy. To take the word. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if you went to Walmart one day and you come home and you say, honey, the oddest thing happened today. If you went to work and you come home and you say, honey, the oddest thing happened at work today. And she says, what? And you say, I didn't see anybody praying for anybody. I didn't see anybody praying for anybody. I didn't see anybody experiencing something from God. No, that's the norm right now. But wouldn't it be beautiful if the other became the norm in such a way that we come back here and we say, it's weird, but I was in that place for a whole hour and I never saw one person pray for one person. Father, we praise you. Lord, the gates are open here. We want to experience you. Teach us to remove the barriers to receive all that you have. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.